So my idea of an education revolution is, is actually a significant change, but it can happen quite easily where you reintroduce uh, education models as a driver of cultures. You introduce it into the central core of what a community is and how we grow up in the world. You've got your relationships as your foundational piece, but that local to global is, a, is an umbrella around all of those things that enables us to learn uh, locally, but then expand to a national or even a global way. If you really want to learn and you really want impactful learning, sometimes you've almost intentionally got to set yourself up to fail. Hello and welcome to the Coconut Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Freud, and we are in collaboration with Intrepid Ed News. Today's guest is Sal Gordon from Green School Bali. Sal's been at Green School since 2013, and he's been head of teaching and learning and principal since 2019. Sal describes himself as an education revolutionary, and he believes that Green School Bali as a new model of what a school of the future needs to do and be is well-placed to drive the revolution that this planet needs. He's passionate about how humans need to adapt and how life skills and values need to be the foundation of all learning experiences for all students. I'm really excited about this episode. As regular listeners know, we've uh, been bringing in the voices from inside and outside education. And I think it's really important to stay sometimes inside, of course, and uh, speak with educators who are really trying to push the envelope, trying to provoke our thinking and doing things differently to maybe get ideas from them, inspiration. And Sal at Green School Bali certainly represents educators of this ilk. So we encourage you to check out our website, www.coconut-thinking.design. Uh, there's blogs there, more podcasts, resources, and of course, Intrepid Ed News, www.intrepidednews.com. And in the meantime, I'll leave space for my conversation with Sal. Well, hi, Sal. Really excited to have you on our podcast. I uh, wanted to know a lot about you, about the way you think, about your philosophy, uh, about how you fit into the Green School, about how the Green School fits into the wider picture. Lots to discuss here, um, but I'll start off with uh, our questions, which is, uh, who are you? What are your passions? And how do you try to make a difference? Yeah. Hi, it's um, awesome to be here hanging out with you. Um, Sal Gordon, I'm a, an Australian living and working in Bali at Green School Bali. Uh, passionate educator, passionate advocate, um, um, passionate explorer, I suppose. You know, I came into education on a little bit of a side door um, roundabout way, um, which has given me an, an, an extra sort of heads up, I think, in terms of where I want education to go, where I think the, the world needs education to go. Um, Green School Bali is quite a unique uh institution, quite a unique place in terms of how we define uh, what a school is, what a, even what a school can look like, and importantly, what a school does. So um, self-proclaimed education revolutionary, um, but, but a learner and, and part of a bigger team here in Bali that I think is really uh, shaking the education tree, um, definitely here in Bali and in Indonesia, but globally as well. Did that answer all those questions? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll get into more. And I certainly want to get into this idea of a uh, of revolutionary. I'll, I'll pick you up on that. But first, I'll ask you the question that we ask all our guests in order to really get a shared understanding um, of of uh, of the word learning, uh, and and also to highlight that you know you could put twenty five people in a room, you'll probably get thirty five different answers. So, from your point of view, how how do you define learning? Yeah, um, you know, I'm a also a passionate scientist, so I can't think of learning without some sort of neurological uh, reference to, to, to who we are as a, as a being, as a physical being. 
um, wandering around this awesome place and the experiences that we have, um, generally speaking, um, embedded in us in a, in a way through our senses and those senses are brought about by neurological connections. So there's definitely a, a neurological, physiological sort of aspect to learning. But maybe I just can't try and keep it simple with how I view learning. You know, I think learning when, you come, when it comes down to it is something that you're able, something that you're not able to do, that you are able to do on your own afterwards. Really simple. And can there be such a thing as learning as a group, social learning? How, how does that work? Oh, totally. And, and I, you could put it through that, that lens, that answer is a lens as well, you know, something that a community is, uh, would be unable to do, but through its interactions, um, through its connections, through building relationships, enabling a community in terms of a social setting to do something new that it wasn't able to do before. And we're, we're seeing that everywhere here in terms of not just environmental education, but social, cultural education. Uh, it's definitely pro probably a nice little simple definition. But yeah, I, I see it as, as a simple thing. Um, something that I wasn't able to do um, that I can do in the future. And I see that probably socially as well, yeah. Now, I, I want to get back a little bit to, to what the Green School are doing and, and, and some of the, the shifts there. But I want to pick you up on that word revolutionary because uh, as a historian who, who studies revolutions, I find, I find it really fascinating, um, clearly. Uh, and also because I've been grappling with the question for the last little while about whether change can happen uh, or, or does it start off on the fringes or does it start off at the core? And I feel that you know, it doesn't have to be an either or, I get that. At the same time, people have been trying to change the education system for, for what, 100 years with, with, with John Dewey and, and we're still where we are. Uh, and people have been trying to change it uh, on the fringes as well and we're still where we are. So, so what, is, what is your view in terms of the role of an education revolutionary and, and really also what does revolution mean in this context? Um, simply put again, I think significant change. Um, we have within our community examples of revolution, but we also have examples of evolution and, and pulling those things apart helps us. Um, yeah, it, in terms of a revolution happening on the fringes or at the center, yeah, I think it's a both rather than a one or the other. Um, I do think central to the concept of um, my ideals around an education revolution is the fact that um, who we are as a species and how we interact on this planet, um, the cultures that we create, um, seems education seems to be pulled out of that 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 system um, and pulled out significantly to a point where I believe that education sort of used to drive the cultures, uh, create the cultures that that we lived in, whether that being um, the relationships that we have with nature, the relationships we have with other people, our technological advances, science, the arts, culture, m you know, music, um, religion, all of these things that make up culture. Uh, education used to be a driver of those things. Somehow education over the past couple of hundred years has turned into more of a, a babysitting uh, concept for, for adults that have to be out in the workforce um, and removed from the very purpose of creating culture. Um, so my idea of an education revolution is, is actually 
uh, a significant change, but it can happen quite easily where you reintroduce uh, education models as a driver of cultures. You introduce it into the central core of what a community is and how we grow up in the world. Um, you take away the concept that school is really just for uh, three to 18 year olds and you say that um, a school can be a place where a community, all of a community learns together. You take away the concept that school is meant to just um, convey about people through or students, children through a system and then give them a number at the end. And that is the impact. Um, you, you change that into a, a, a place where a whole community can be learning, where a whole community can be having impact with their learning on their community, whether it's local, national, or even global. And you, you turn the actual core of what we want our students to be experiencing when they come to school away from um, a single point number reference at the end of it um, to a place uh, and an experience that's really just part of a lifelong journey um, for, for everyone that goes to school. If, if this doesn't happen, we, we keep seeing um, a disconnect with nature. We keep seeing uh, uh, a disconnect with how we treat people. Um, we, we see this all over the world right now, like in terms of, you just name, put your, close your eyes and put your finger on the globe and you can see that um, we need to make a, a significant change with what we do with people, what we do with children for a 12-year period of their life that's, that's, that should be really impactful. But unfortunately, I think in a standardized way, it isn't. And what's, coming back to that core idea, what's going to require the core to change? We're talking about big organizations, corporate, private, public, the, the, the public sector. All of these things need to adopt this idea or even realize that we're separated from nature, which is uh, some, a Cartesian model that is so embedded in our, in our lives. How, how, do we, how do we move away from that? How do we get people to shift from that enough for there to be, really be change? I think you provide the opportunity and you uh, a, provide an opportunity for schools to do something different, to, for learning experiences to look different, for assessment uh, concepts to be different. Um, you provide the opportunity for there to be change. Um, but there's another part of it, I think, that uh, as, an as an educator, I, there's a, another part that I feel quite strongly about in terms of accepting the responsibility that we have. You know, I didn't sign up to be a teacher, to clock in, clock off, to rinse and repeat my classes that are set from a external, you know, govern, governing body. I, I didn't do that. I didn't become an educator to, to just stand in my, in my little spot on the conveyor belt. I came, became an educator because I believe the impact and, and the responsibility of education in general to be uplifted. And I think that's probably uh, a responsibility that educators and schools do need to take themselves, but also a responsibility that uh, organisations and governments can give edu education rather than it just being that babysit, drop your kids off nine to five, nine to three every day. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a shift in, yeah, accepting and providing opportunities for education to look different, but also for accepting and taking the responsibility and given the responsibility, um, but within your school and within your local government, within your, your national and even global, that education should be um, one of the most important things we do on this planet. 
think about it. You know, we got these, we got these kids coming to school eight hours a day, 40 days a week, and they do it for 12 years of their life. I mean, where do we lose the concept that this isn't important? Where do we, you know, where do we lose the concept that this shouldn't even be fun? Um, where do we lose the concept that uh, education shouldn't be connected in every way to culture, to the environment? Where, how did it go so wrong? Um, and why does it seem so weird to other people to reintroduce those really important concepts into education? And I want to pick up on something else that you brought up that, that's very interesting about this idea that it, that it should go beyond K-12 and that it should be perhaps an intergenerational experience, school that is, uh, particularly if technology um, uh, shifts the way uh, work operates, shifts the way our relationship to work, uh, our relationship to each other doesn't just have to be work, that we always have to reinvent ourselves. Uh, the first time in uh, probably the history of the world that a six-year-old can teach us things that we fundamentally did not know. Um, and, and, and so that shifts everything uh, considerably. How might that also uh, change the way that adults understand education once they're forced to go back into it? Yeah, well, there's, there's that way, Benjamin, of like providing the opportunities. We're at Green School Bali, we have a, an adult learning center in a way where there's classes and guest speakers and courses and everything that goes on. So parents can actually sort of come back to school here. I'll give you an example to talk through, if that's all right. Um, we, our high school program is, is pretty awesome, but one of the most awesome things they do is for a, a term, there's a class that, that concentrates on bringing a production for voices, um, starting, uh, originated from V. Ensler's um, Vagina Monologues, and it's very similar. It's a group of, there were 17 students, parents and teachers mixed together on stage, and they put a show on a production for us around uh, gender, sexuality, violence against women, these sorts of things. So Friday night, I came just the Friday, just gone now. So real life, real example. Friday night, I came to our, our green school um, hall. We call it the Sun Cup. And I sat with 150 other members of the community from middle, some middle school students, high school students, parents, special guests. And I sat, um, in the crowd um, with everyone else as a learner, as a learner and, and as an active, um, motivated learner um, within my community. And I sat there with uh, an age range from my, the 14 year olds to the 80 year olds in, in, a, in a community um, where we gave students the opportunity to create an experience for us that we learned from. Um, and I, it might seem like a little thing, but um, it's one of those experiences that you have in, as a principal and as a leader of this community to sit there. You kind of cannot imagine the, the glow that I had when I look around a room with 150 people learning from a group of students. Um, and that came about because we believe that learning isn't really, shouldn't, shouldn't really just be about doing a, a test at the end of a, a a class or an end of a unit to see how much you've remembered, but learning should be really something that is activated on and uh, even celebrated. Um, so yeah, we have the concept that, not only the concept that a lot of parents, when they come here to Green School Bali, they think, well, wow, where's the time machine? I wish I could go back to school. And we say, but you can, you are actually going back to school. You're joining a, a community of learners here and the Voices production on last Friday night was just an example of how a learning experience can look different 
you know, there's no exam at the end of that. The exam was sitting up and doing it in an hour and a half show that included monologues and singing and some skits and, and highly professional sort of uh, production. Um, but for our, for our students and that group of, um, you know, teachers, students, parents, for them to be the teachers and for us as a community to come and sit together and learn together uh, is pretty epic. You brought up the word impact. What does impact look like at Green School and how is it measured? And I don't mean it in a quantitative way. It could also be qualitative or post-qualitative, but how do you feel the impact? How do you notice it and how do you capture it? And how does it make a difference? Oh, awesome question. Um, yeah, I suppose that looks different in a lot of different sort of uh, learning experiences. I suppose uh, by definition, impact means that there is a change from one form to another. And then when we look at uh, creating a learning experience, just uh, creating a learning experience that allows the student to have impact with their learning, we're really asking students to, uh, for, their, for their learning to, to make a difference, to make uh, a change. Where you know the change maker term is is tossed around quite quite loosely and, and all over the place, it's you know hashtag change maker everywhere. But I suppose that's the essence of it. It doesn't matter whether it's our kindy class um, making posters and learning a song and then sit, walking around the school on Valentine's Day singing a love song for everyone, um, and that had impact. You know everywhere it went. You just see the smiles and you could see the, the kindy parents sort of following them from afar and the teachers and the, and the students, you could see that their impact, uh, the impact they were having was impacting them as well. Um, or it's uh, an individual student project where you provide mentoring and opportunity to, to, to find something that's A, a student is passionate about and B, a student is passionate about changing. And then you provide them the opportunities to change. So you see that whether it's, um, in our biobus program where it's taking cars off the road and you can measure your, your, your footprint um, or you can see that through the event that I talked about on Friday, there was an impact there. There was total impact um, or, or you, you just see it in terms of maybe some of the more normal day-to-day -day things that we ask our students to, to engage in. And yeah, unfortunately, I suppose that definition of impact does come back to something that enables someone to make a difference or make a change and therefore that change maker concept is really important and i guess that's also linked to your definition of learning about doing something we weren't able to do changing the world in which in the way that we weren't able to change before yeah change the world yeah that's a really good way to think about it. yeah so how does that work walk us through how that works so i imagine at some point somebody has an idea or or notices something or or a sense to have a project or a learning experience that will have some kind of impact. Walk us through the process of how that un unfolds. Hmm. Well, interestingly, like there are, there are a plethora of opportunities probably every day around here that um, students are taking, uh, taking up, but we do structure it in a way, you know, a lot of people, I preface this little answer, but a, a lot of people have a little bit of a misconception around this new model of learning at Green School Bali. There is quite a lot of structure here and quite a lot of, um, we call them frameworks that are, that enable us to, to develop new ideas um, that, are, that are strong and lasting, but able to bend later on. And um, with so much bamboo around our campus, we have the bend like bamboo analogy, um, firmly embedded with us. 
But within the within that structure, we believe that there are times, um, and often they're around graduating times that allow us to be a little bit more pointed with the opportunities in terms of change maker uh, opportunities. So our grade fives do a footprint project that lasts a term that enables them to find a passion and, and then uh, structure a project and then communicate that project to the community. Our grade eights do a similar thing and they stand up and do a TED-like talk um, to the community. Our grade 12s even step up further um, and, and do their greenstones. So rather than uh, the concept of uh, doing a class and then or a course uh, and then exam being examined later, we're actually providing opportunity for students to to find their passion, link their passion with something that they'd like to make better in the world, um, structured around a really sort of uh, fluid but structured uh, project-based learning um, methodology, and then provide the students every opportunity to communicate. You know, there's there's a definite cycle in terms of um, ascertaining or helping to light that fire within a student in terms of what they're passionate about and and within all the student-centered things it's so important to, to know that um, that change maker within us all is is there and whether that's a change that you make in your own life or your family's life or just your house the house that you live in or the village or the people maybe wanting to change the world and that's awesome um, it's pretty fluid to tell you the truth, Benjamin, because there are so many different um, avenues for students to activate their learning and, and to make a difference with it. I'm trying to think of a, a, a big picture and a small picture. You know, a big picture, a goal, a uh, change maker thing would be looking at our, our transport. We're a school in the jungle. Um, we're a, a school based around sustainability ideals. Um, and, and when we look at some of our some of our habits, for example, uh, we looked at transport as a, as a habit um, and how we get here because there's not a lot of people that live in, our, in the jungle in our local village. So, you know, you, you take that with a sustainability audit and look at um, the amount of transport, uh, the, the transport data that we collect and we go, well, we've got to be able to do better than this. And so a, a class created itself and, and brought about our biobus network, which is seven biobuses pre-COVID would be full. Uh, taking about 230 cars off the road each week, um, running on recycled um, used cooking oil. <laughs> uh, so in a sense, um, solving two problems. But then you've got just a student, uh, he's a grade 10 student who's decided that there's a lot of steps on our campus and he's designed his own uh, electricity generating step network. Um, and we're going to hopefully put a whole loop of these sort of uh, little step uh, step electricity generators. I don't even know what to call them. Uh, I suppose, you know, you when a lot of educators might be thinking, yeah, but how do you fit this into a, a curriculum or a course, uh, things like that? I, I think, I think nearly every project we could, we create or is created by a student here or a class or everything can be so easily mapped across the normal standards that that we get set in terms of the science standards, maths, literacy. Um, there are so many opportunities to do integrated learning uh, within the projects that 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 say to me, why not? Why not create an opportunity for students to learn in where their learning has an impact, rather than why do we just keep it in a classroom out of a textbook, following the standard. Um, standard learner journey up until they get a, a test and a, and a number at the end of it.
And I'm with you about the standards. I mean, the standards are just picked, and frankly, um, they could be anything in, in many cases, and you could fit anything into it. Um, in itself, the fluidity is, is, is way more important because that's when you get into the depth and, and the identification with that learning and those experiences. Um, the question I will ask, though, taking a probably a more conservative stance that is, is, is near to my heart, but I know other people probably wonder is, okay, so I'm a parent, I wanna send my kid to green school. Uh, I can say in my um, heart or in my head, I don't know which one follows that, that this is a great experience. However, I still have that little voice or maybe that big voice or those many voices saying, oh, but I need to get my kid to university and uh, get, get on this other treadmill, this meritocratic treadmill. You know, it's, it's, it's in our DNA, it's in our culture. Um, there, there, there's so many, uh, so many forces that push us to get kids to university uh, still with this narrative. How do you capture uh, the learning? Uh, how do you capture the evidence, the impact, and present that to the more traditional, uh, I don't know, tertiary bodies or, or employers or whoever it might be? Yeah, common question. Look, um, very common question for us because, you know, the model sits outside of the norm. And so people often think that uh, integration or reintegration into probably a standard tertiary education at university level is quite difficult, but it's not. Our students here over the past nine graduating years, uh, all of them, all of them, 100%, if they want to go to university, go to university. Uh, we know that the world on that side is changing a little bit. And we even look at last year in terms of the, the SATs not running or right now, uh, even Indonesian exams aren't, aren't going to run. So, you know, high school students, they graduate here with, um, quite a vibrant diploma, you'd say in a way, where the diploma itself at the moment looks very much Carnegie style, North American um, credit based system. Um, they also graduate with uh, a pretty epic e-portfolio, which is probably even more descriptive of who they are as a learner. They graduate with their Greenstone, which is a, you know, a 10 to 15 minute public speaking TED talk that's, um, that is in, in essence their final exam. Uh, and, but they graduate with the, being able to demonstrate through either the classes that they take, um, the recommendations from their teachers or through their portfolio and through that, that TED talk that they do, the Greenstone, to demonstrate who they are as a learner probably more um, strongly uh, and to find themselves for anyone else, any other university uh, as, as a learner and as someone that's been able to activate their learning and do something with their learning. And learning in terms of not just the academic, you know, they, so they've completed, they've done three years of algebra. Yeah, that's great. We can see that, but we can also see that our students, and uh, we give them opportunities to demonstrate um, communication skills, thinking critically, uh, systems thinking. We get them to demonstrate values-based learning opportunities as well within that. Um, but that said, you know, um, we're still constant review. And right now, the a focus review is on our high school diploma and sort of what that looks like. But it's a slight misconception that um, students coming out of a less traditional uh, education program don't fit as on don't fit easily back into that that uh, probably more standardised uh, university area. Now, our kids, some I mean, we've had kids that said no to university and then. Um, young adults, I can't call them kids, uh, decided not to go to university. And then two or three years later, they're, they're at that university lecturing on something that they've, they've 
started themselves. So, you know, our, our grade 12s leave here like 18 year olds ready for the world. And that's a lot more than what I can say I was when I was 18, despite being really successful, I thought, in terms of how I did school. Um, it took me 10 years to catch up. You know, once I realized, <laughs> once I realized the deficits in my learning from school, um, yeah, it took me a long time to catch up. When you when you bring up algebra two or getting an A in that, it, it really represents maybe some potential energy that you're supposed to know all this stuff, but unless you apply it and have that impact, it doesn't mean anything. You have to transform into that kinetic energy. W what's the point of knowing something if you don't do anything with it? That's that's it for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing your background. Uh, the, our listeners, this is only audio, so our, our, our listeners will have to imagine. Uh, I'm not seeing me after all this. I know. I've been I know. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I even wear my stuff? <laughs> oh, I, I, and, you know, the listeners, he looks great, fantastic. It's, it's all muscle as well. Um, and, but, but in the background, we've got... Um, we, 11 o'clock, 11.30 in the jungle in Bali, and it should rain in that... I'm sweaty. I thought it work. I'm so glad this isn't video. Um, but it's a it's a gorgeous, gorgeous background. At least the trees. You can see. I can hear the sounds um, uh, of children. Uh, I, I can see. I can see so much. I mean, just just being outside and and you, you can just feel outside from from the backdrop and beyond the backdrop. And how do we work in terms of at the Green School with, with technology? And I'm not someone who's going to ever say that we need to wait for the tech solution to solve the climate crisis. Yet I do think that any kind of solution to the climate crisis, if we're even thinking about solution, it might not even be a solution problem, it might be a change of framework problem, but any kind of um, movement towards um, uh, getting out of the climate disaster will have to involve technology or at least our relationship with technology. How, how is technology fitting into a place that is so embedded with nature at the Green School? I think we've just thrown the doors way open to it. Um, uh, and, and understanding that technology isn't something that is only something that is created now or created in the future, but understanding that technologies have existed for a long time. So you throw the door wide open to technologies of now, of the past, um, you know, that ancient wisdom concept of we need to be looking back uh, into that as much as we're looking forward. But then, you know, um, to not take our eyes off like you're talking about in terms of technological advancements that that we will need um, for to to act on a climate crisis. So when we talk about technologies, it could be uh, bringing in someone from our community that understands our water cycles better um, from an, an indigenous, uh, an ancient sort of wisdom way. And Bali is a beautiful place like that. But we're also um, providing opportunities for kids to be coding and 3D printing um as, as much as as that so um you know it's funny i'm sitting here looking at sort of like a wall i've got a wallless campus um the concept is wallless in, because we're in the jungle and and we've got this beautiful architecture but i'm also looking across at our, um, a media center that's got you know a pile of solar cells on the on the roof and a, and a water hydro system underneath it recharge wells um you know, I'm sitting here in a in a place that's probably in in the jungle, pretty much unchanged. Could be for thousands of years beside a beautiful river in Bali. But I'm also sitting here on a Zoom call using Wi-Fi, um, 
And so rather than go like we're, a, we're an awesome tech school um, and we're going to have the most up-to-date uh, opportunities for students to learn in terms of uh, digital technologies and things like that. But and, and to say, well, we've got a little bit of that, but we've also got a, a little bit of um, technology of the past as well. Um, I suppose, yeah, like I said at the start of this, this little answer is that I think a school can be a place that opens up the doors to all ranges of technologies and, and, and therefore enable us to find solutions uh, to things like the climate crisis. You know, it's, it's, uh, students are con uh, right now we're rejigging our recycling centre, which we've, we've built here around um, some composting with black soldier fly. I mean, this is not a new technology, but it's having a huge impact on us. Um, we've got some biogas projects coming, uh, like I said, the solar hydro systems, but we've also got some really cool old school uh, technologies that, that we like to, to learn about and use as well. And, and I appreciate this um, fact that, you're, yeah, technology is, uh, I mean, a rock is, is a piece of technology if you, if you use it the right way. Um, and so using it as a tool, no matter if it's, if it's electronic or, or completely analog, uh, is, is fit for purpose. And that purpose doesn't have to be high-tech centered every single time. Um, tell, tell, tell us more about, about you bring in ancient wisdoms. How, how, how does that get woven into the experiences at the Green School? How is it that um, you're able to, to bring that in uh, and maybe perhaps change people's way of thinking? And I mean, within you know, the, 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 the kids, the adults, the community, maybe even beyond your immediate community, how is it that you're able to get them away necessarily from a more uh, European linear way of thinking? What's the influence there and the impact? Mm. Nice way to think about this is just really um, big picture pedagogy for us here. It took us a while, you know, we, we created our own curriculum to start with and then we wanted to use the Cambridge and then, and then we went and grabbed a whole heap of different curriculums from around the world. And in the last sort of three to four or five years, we've gone, no, no, okay, we, we know what we're doing well enough. Um, and we've created our own sort of Green School Bali curriculum, which is strong sort of links to the learning outcomes and everything else. But one of those things that needed to happen for us to do that was actually to be really firm and, you know, understanding around our pedagogical belief. And we've got a really nice way of um, talking about our pedagogy and it answers this 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 question uh, quite succinctly and we call our you know we call our pedagogy real and so it works with you know we want our learning experiences to be connected to the real world but we can we've used real as, a, as an acronym where the r stands for relationships and so within our learning experiences the most important thing is that we're doing is to create learning uh, relationships so it's a relationship within about something, relationship with the environment, a relationship with the community, relationship with the learning and what we can do with it. So that relationship's really important. And so when we're talking about indigenous um, and, and ancient wisdoms, you know, um, it's almost like a time warp where we want to create a, a relationship with the past and a positive relationship with the past. Um, the E stands for experiential. So we believe the learning experience is more impactful when there's an experience to it, when they're learning by doing, as we know in, in an education field. Um, and so that in terms of, again, in terms of indigenous, it's not about just learning about something, but learning uh, with something and, and experiencing that as well. So we're not just sitting there reading a textbook on, 
sort of an ancient wisdom that might be relevant here. The A is about authentic. Um, we want that to be real world. So we connect all of, connect our learning experiences with the real world. So authentic and action-based so that there is some sort of outcome action with it. The last one that links it is local to global. And that is sort of really, um, you know, you've got your relationships as your foundational piece, but that local to global is a, is an umbrella around all of those things that enables us to learn uh, locally, but then expand to a national or even a global way. So with our indigenous uh, community members, with uh, anyone from outside of Indonesia that comes in, you know, it's all about building relationships. It's all about providing an experience in there uh, where that experience is activated on and done something with, and that connects us strongly um, to our local community, but also to a global community. And that real sort of works nicely there. I'll ask you one last question and going with this local to global and, and looking at uh, Green School in terms of one of the schools in a greater network of um, organizations and, and, and learning organizations and, and whatever we might want to call them that, that do want to disrupt the system, that do want to do things differently or even sit outside the system. Um, how does Green School Bali work with other schools, other educators, consultants in order to uh, exchange information, strengthen, uh, showcase each other, uh, build a movement together. What, what, what is, what, what's the nature of those relationships? Again, going from local, your, your local Bali context to the global world where, you know, there might be a different context in, I don't know, Doha or, or wherever it might be that another school's trying to change things. Yeah. Interesting. You know, for a while, I mean, I've been here nine years, so I feel like when I joined, we'd sort of finished, it was the sixth year. Um, it sort of felt to me that I came just at the end of a pilot stage, you know, they were piloting an idea and to see if it was working. Um, and it was, and they hired all these cool educators. One of them was me apparently, um, to, to really build a program, uh, things like that. But at that time we were really operating in a bamboo bubble, so to speak, you know, we were teaching to the converted. We had people coming, flying all around the world to move to Bali, to come to a school. Um, based on sustainability. So it, it was in a way not very impactful. It was impacting whoever could pay the money, move to Bali and come to this school. Uh, since then, a lot has changed, you know. Um, Green School Bali is the, the mothership, so to speak, of a Green School International Network uh, with South Africa, uh, New Zealand and some other schools in the pipeline. Um, as recently as last year, we were uh, brought into another education company uh, called Education in Motion, um, which has the Dihong schools in China, which has the Dulwich International Colleges, it has another Swiss brand of, of schools as well. And so we're definitely a part of a bigger network and much uh, much more connected to, to the outside world of education than we ever have been, whether it's through our other, inter uh, other green schools or whether it's within our Education in Motion network. And it's awesome to think that a, a company uh, like Education in Motion, which is look, uh, looking to um, make a change in education, looks to somewhere like Green School Bali to, to be a part of that change. Um, we're quite different to Dulwich International Shanghai or Dulwich International Singapore. We're, we're the polar opposite in terms of schools, um, but they see that, as, uh, that this type of school and this model of school is, is an option. Um, we do some pretty awesome things here. We used to have it. Uh, 17,000 people, I think, come through on a tour here. So by making a school that uh, only uh, annually, so by making a school that looks 
looks cool um, that's in the jungle that's uh, impactful in a way and that you can hear students running around having fun or in the gardens and everything. You know, people want to see a place like this. So it's in, in a way... Uh, we're trying to put education on the map in terms of this model and and promoting it. The other thing we do, I just put it out there. We do something that, in terms of connecting to the outside world of education, um, our green educator course is quite superb. Um, and might even plug it here. Um, we normally have about sixty educators over a ten week period that do an online blended uh, green educator course with us. Um, because of COVID, it used to be. It used to be in person, but COVID provided the opportunity for us to actually, no, it made us go online with it. Um, and so we uh, currently, we nearly finished our third or fourth blended online course uh, with teachers from all around the world, from schools um, of all different types. Um, sometimes they're not even educators that do these course, but um, through that course, I see 60 teachers um, come through learn something really impactful and then go back to their own school and, and implement that change. And that I think has probably got a bigger exponential flow on sort of domino effect of change in education than really anything that we're doing here. Because like I said, um, in a way we're, we're teaching to the converted here. Uh, one last question. What, what books are you reading right now? I'm reading, I'm only, I'm reading, um, I'm half reading this one that my coach gave me called being super natural superhuman so i can't really talk about that but i'm also reading um the mother tongue by bill bryson and it's just a beautiful description of how the english language was born and evolved and um it's a bit of an airport book i tell you the truth though, i just needed something sort of light entertaining uh, i had to jump back to australia for a couple of weeks recently so yeah, i had a bit of airport time needed an airport uh, well, listen, thank you so much, Sal. I, I'm going to leave it open now. This is a little bit the et cetera section. If there's anything that, that you're working on or thinking about or planning on doing or anything on your horizon, um, maybe uh, just, you know, just what's on your mind coming up ahead for you. I suppose um, it's always on my mind, the concept of culture building. When I, you know, I talked about it at the start in terms of uh, how I see education uh, needing to change and uh, but not just seeing a need to change but an avenue of change and that's that sort of reintroduction of education into the cultures we create but interestingly enough at green school um, one of the biggest challenges despite people all having a, a similar mindset around what they want in education and what they want in terms of a sustainable future that the concept of culture building is a challenge here you know there's 42 different nationalities represented at the school. Um, we normally have about a 15 to 20% retention rate. But so, so it's not a stability within our community um, is not something that we ever have. Uh, teachers coming and going, which is fine. Uh, parents and students coming and going. Um, and all underlying all of this is uh, is the challenge that we have here and probably replicate it's a nice little uh, model of the real world uh, is in terms of maintaining and building a culture um, you know someone like me in my position being here for a while starts to see things in a cyclic manner rather than a linear in terms of a journey of of um, either the individual or a family or even the school um, I see but I, I still see it's uh, one of our biggest challenges here in terms of maintaining and building a culture. 
you know, a lot of people come to green school and think that we've solved all the problems you know that that, that we that kindness pervades everywhere um that 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 we've worked out a, a a beautiful way to exist in and with and as of nature um but sometimes uh, you're not further from the truth um you know we we experience the same challenges as every other school in terms of uh, behavioral issues in terms of um, wanting to do better with our local community should uh, being should be better with our local community wanting to have a better or more positive impact on the environment with not a perfect place um, and and that's something that I grapple with all of the time um, but it's something that I also have to feel comfortable in a way that 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 perfection probably doesn't exist and so when I talk about a change in education and a change in what a school looks like and is and what a school does in terms of its functions for an individual, for the community, um, I've got ideals and I can see it in all its positivity a lot of the time, but I also see, um, I see the holes, I see the, uh, I see the problems, I see the challenges all of the time as well. Um, so when I talk to teachers and I talk to people in other schools and I, and I hear of other challenges that people have, um, none of those challenges don't exist here. You know, we don't, we haven't created this amazing place. Check out the website. It's beautiful, but we haven't created a place that's perfect. Really? And we didn't talk about this, but schools, like every other organization, it's a living system, just like humans are, people are, and none of us is perfect and we all have our challenges and it's all a process, isn't it? A school is a process. Almost got to set yourself up to fail a lot of the time. If you really want to learn and if you really want impactful learning, sometimes you've almost intentionally got to set yourself up to fail. Uh, which is, I mean, who goes about? Who wakes up in the morning and says, "Right, today I'm going to really make a mess of things." Um, but the most impactful, the most meaningful, and lasting experiences that I see that our community, even our, the individuals in our community, come. across come out of failure i suppose and and that's a, that's you know something that like i said i struggle with occasionally that's always on my mind you know am i looking for the utopia are we are we are we trying to plan a school that's perfect in every way no we're not we're trying to create a school that's real um that doesn't shy away from uh, the important and crazy and sometimes difficult issues that that allows people and the organization even in as a whole to make mistakes, make big mistakes and learn from them. Um, and that's important because I don't know, that's what the real world's all about. And the only way it could be perfect is if you were completely isolated from, from the outside world and it's static and, and that cannot exist. Again, it's a process. Well, listen, th thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, is there any way people get a hold of you? Do you want them to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can contact me through the website. Just go to Green School, um, Green School Bali. I, I do an, I, I do a, a nice little, it's probably therapeutic for me more than the reader. I do a, a blog that I like to put out once a month. We're trying to look at some different ways of doing that. Always happy to talk about this model and other models and other thoughts, progressive thoughts in education, sustainability. So you can contact me, you can find me quite easily on, on the website. Um, if you don't and haven't heard of Green School Bali, then definitely just Google it and, and take a look and 
and I'm sure that you can find some inspiration there, but you could also find some ways that, that we could maybe do things better. And so, yeah, get in touch with us, please. Excellent. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time on this um, and opening up and some of these ideas. This has been the Coconut Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Freud. We are in collaboration with Intrepid Ed News. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our website on www.coconut-thinking.design. We've got our blogs there, podcasts, conference presentations, a whole bunch of resources that I hope you'll find interesting. And of course, Intrepid Ed News on www.intrepidednews.com. Our next episode is with Josie Warden from the Royal Society for the Arts, who is in charge of regeneration uh, and everything that has to do with uh, bringing in the RSS efforts with regenerative efforts. And I think you'll find that conversation tremendously uh, exciting uh, and inspiring. Again, it's Benjamin Freud, www.coconut-thinking.design. And until next time.